Welcome to Marin Costello Radio, where we have intentional conversations with impactful people, your weekly dose of motivation, inspiration, and entrepreneurship. Join me as we explore the ins and outs of building and running a business, interview leaders across all industries, and find the common denominator beneath it all. This is Marin Costello Radio. Ladies and gents, I have such a special guest on the show today, not just because she's special in her own right, but special because she is a very, very dear friend of mine. Oh my gosh, wait, Leah, is it Beatty or Betty? Beatty. Beatty. I honestly (laughs) have never known how to pronounce your last name. I get it all the time. It's okay. (laughs) And I think we should keep that in the recording. I tried getting Drew to take my name. I think it's (laughs) easier to digest because yeah, I've gotten beady bitey baby all of it it's what's baby. your what's your maiden name christo christo it's, it's fun christo so ladies and gents leah Beatty is a ceo and founder of Tlia agency a full service marketing agency headquartered in tampa focused on perfecting its clients brands and digital presence her passion for everything branding marketing and business development has allowed her to build a successful career of her own while setting the brands she works with up for success Leah has had the pleasure of working alongside both national brands such as Mercedes, Suit Supply, Kendra Scott, and Cool Sculpting, along with local mom and pop shops nationwide. One conversation with Leah about her business in the marketing industry, and you will see her passion shine through and understand why her clients become her friends. Her team works hard at making each client's brand their own vision of perfect. And what I will say is that you not only make your clients your friends, but you also have a beautiful gift of making your friends your clients. And this episode, you guys, has been trying to happen for probably a year. Yeah. (laughs) And between both of our schedules, we're like, hey, can we reschedule? Can we reschedule? Never any hard feelings on that front. But as it would happen, as fate would have it, and as God would have divinely made it happen, this week that we are recording is the week that Marin Costello Jewelry and Talia Agency are partnering. So it feels like a birthday. I know. I mean, my team is working on your call sheet as we speak. So it's pretty cool full circle. I'm excited. Amazing. Yeah. So take us back to the early years and tell us about little Leah. How early we going? We got some decades here. Let's do it. The very beginning. Um. I think in tying back, well, one, I'm the oldest of four, so I naturally am very bossy and controlling. <laughs> um, so I've always kind of had this, um, this energy where I just, I like knowing what's going on. If there's a problem, I like fixing it. It's just kind of just who I am. So I think the role that I developed into where I am now is just it's always made sense. Like I'm not surprised by anything of what I'm doing right now. It just feels so natural. Um, but I would say if I were to go back, what I'm doing right now in business is something I've, I've, I've always done without even realizing that I was doing it. Like when I was 14, I remember designing tattoos for my art teacher because she liked my doodles, which was kind of cool. Um, and then my aunt wanted to come up with a company for a menopause company. <laughs> Nonetheless, I knew nothing about menopause. I was 
15. And next thing you know, I'm like having strategy calls with her and going over for coffee in the morning and I'm naming the business. And I'm like, okay, well, this is how we're going to sell it. And then we're going to get it on the today show. And then we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And, um, so even from a very early age, this is, this is my jam. Like this is, this is me. So I think that as a kid, I, I grew up in the most perfect of perfect bubbles you could ever imagine. And it was, I think as an adult, maybe not the best situation (laughs) because it paints this unrealistic picture of what adulthood is like, what friendship is like, family, like everything. And so I grew up with tons of cousins, again, oldest of four, and I never hung out with really friends it was all family all the time coming from a big Greek family. That is what you do. You don't have time for friends. So, um, I was always with my family, never saw my parents fight, never saw anybody argue or anything like that really. And truly didn't. Um, so growing up, things were pretty peachy looking back at it. Like, wow. Um, as I got older, I realized really quickly relationships with people or seeing people not be that great. I kind of was very naive to it. So with that happening, I got trampled on a lot. And I would say definitely even in high school, I didn't understand why people were being not nice or, or mean or judgmental, anything like that. So me going through a lot of those experiences, it took me to get burned a lot to realize some really great lessons that I needed to learn. I'm grateful I learned them and I'm grateful I went through everything horrible. And I mean that with every ounce of my being because it's made me a better mother. It's made me a better friend. It's made me a better partner. It's made me a better um, just person, business business owner, like all of that. Um, so when you talk about intuition, I think it's, it's, I think coming from such a naive place and getting like hit like a brick with some not nice stuff and having to figure out how to deal with it. I very quickly, again, back to the whole, I see a problem and I like fixing it kind of thing. Um, I very quickly kind of put walls up, but also learned how to protect myself in a bunch of different ways. And part of that is just really paying attention to the people that I surround myself with and knowing that, you know, I am special. And I know that sounds so like uh, cheesy, lame, whatever it be, I think everybody should think that they're special, but I know I have a lot to offer. And I know in my friendships, I offer a lot in my, in my relationships in general. And so if I'm going to give you that, even if it's in business, if I'm going to give you my time, um, I mean it because I feel like there's not to say something there worth it, but like, I I want to give it because I have a good feeling about it. You know what I mean? But I've, I've become very good at weeding out what could kind of harm me, if you will. So I, I, I definitely stay true to that. I can't help but to not do that. Do you remember your first lesson of that? Was it a lesson that you had to yeah. learn over and over? Or was it a lesson that you're like, oh, I learned it once. I got I got the picture, got the message. Mm. Oh God, that can go so many ways. I think it, I think it can go from um I'll go to a personal thing with my kids. Like in this day and age, it's really hard to raise kids. It's so difficult. And when ages ago, when I was, you know, in middle school, high school, you had just your regular 
your regular mean girl stuff or your regular getting excluded or whatever the case was. And now they have social media, not that my kids have it, but like, it's just a totally different ball game now. So I have to really, 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 really try very hard to make sure my girls and my son know their worth and their value. And so I think that the first time I ever really had anything not nice happen to me was when it, it was my, who I thought were my friends and I would kind of chase them and just want to be with them all the time and be a part of everything. And I'm a very yes man person. So like, if you need something, I got you no questions asked. Um, and I think that I learned making myself too available without putting myself first. Like if it really worked for me, um, I don't think I had the respect from my friends that I wanted. And so I just need to teach my girls that you can be so powerful. You're more powerful when you put yourself first and respecting yourself first. And if it works for you or not, that's okay. There's power in saying, no, it doesn't work. But what about this day? Or, oh, I'm not available then. It's okay. You know what I mean? So I think just, um, inst I think going through things that where just people weren't nice to me, I think it's it's shown me how to kind of parent in a way where just really getting that confidence in with our kids um, so that when they aren't nice, who cares? Because kids are going to be not nice. <laughs> I sound like I was bullied a crazy amount. I really wasn't. But I think just coming from such a like perfect little bubble um, and being naive to it, I didn't realize people were being snarky until afterwards. And then I didn't understand why. And then I took it very personal, you know. Well, I think the bullying is relative, right? Because something could happen yeah. to one person and it, it just rolls right off of them and, or they don't even notice and it could really, really, really affect someone else. So yeah, and I'll be damned if my kids ever, ever, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> my children will not. <laughs> I, mm, not a chance, <laughs> not my kids, not my kids. They're going to mess up, but not in that way. Not in that way. Yeah. I have zero tolerance for it. Like whatsoever. Obviously, for everyone, I, hope, I hope every parent would, but yeah. For everyone who's listening to the podcast, you need to watch this episode just for Leah's facial, facial expressions in that last, <laughs> in that last answer. Oh my gosh. So I'm going to call her out. My friend Jess always tells me, she goes, Leah, if anything is going on in a room and it looks weird or something's off, you can't hold your <laughs> I really can't if I, I really can't. It's, it's brutal. I've been working on it, but it's just, I think I need to just give up. It is I'd what like it to, is. I'd like to call that authenticity. I think it's beautiful. You get what you get. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh, don't be sorry. I think that's so refreshing and not the case for a lot of folks nowadays. Um, do you remember your very, very first experience with marketing? Was that your, yeah. With your aunt or was it even prior to that? It was, I've always, my first, my first memory of me even doing anything remotely close to the creative space was I was in first grade and I remember we were just in art class in elementary school and I remember working on a project and all of a sudden my teacher came and got me by the hand and said, Hey, come with me. And she took me out of class. And I feel like when you're singled out outside of class, it's like, Ooh, where are we going? Like an adventure. So, uh, she took me to the art class and I sat with the teacher and my design of some, something that I did, they wanted to submit it for an award. And it was something that was 
but just on a, a piece of regular printer paper. It wasn't anything crazy. And so I thought that was really cool. And that's the first time that I was like, oh, wow, I, I'm good at this. Like I'm good at art. And I've always had a creative mind, whether it was sewing my own clothes, thinking I was going to be a fashion designer one day, again, designing a tattoo. I can see the tattoo in my head that I designed for my, my middle school art teacher. Um, so yeah, I, I've always had a passion for just being creative. Um, and then I think owning my own business now, I come from a family of all entrepreneurs and everybody owned their own business. So it's just normal, like for me to, to be in this role. When did the art of storytelling take its place? Oh, actually, I, I think the storytelling kind of came into place, not even remotely close to the market, like my marketing stuff. I think that was more sales. When I was learning sales, there's a story behind sales and how you sell. And, um, there's certain things to ask and how to ask it. And that's this, it, there's a story there. There's like a buyer's journey, if you will, of like, okay, I'm going to start from here. It's super psychological, but I love it. But I'm going to start from here. And then like perfect example, Nordstrom. That was my first job out of college. So we had a recession and I was bartending and or cocktailing. And I was like, I am not going to do this. The day I graduate, I'm going to find a job. Cause I was supposed to have a job lined up with a magazine and they, they folded from the recession. So I'm like, okay, I'll go to Nordstrom. Best ever, best advice. My kids will work at Nordstrom, period. The best, best training. Um, but I remember one of the things that I learned was, hey, when a customer is coming onto the floor, you don't ask them, oh, can I take that for you? Or, oh, what are you looking for? Because instantly, what do you say? No, I'm good, just looking. No, but instead, if they have something in their hand and you say, oh, let me let me get that out of your hand for you. I'll put it in a room. The chances of them saying no are not as high as, oh, can I help you find something? What are you looking for today? Nobody wants, they just, it sounds horrible. They, they're, they're not really going to engage with you in that way first. So I think there was like a story, that's kind of a version of a storytelling where it's like, okay, how are we going to start this and how are we going to end it? And what is the journey in between? Um, so I think if, I've never thought about it that way, but that's probably the first time I ever really started learning about the process of uh, rolling something out to someone like that, more strategic. Um, but the storytelling part when I was working at Modern Luxury, which is a, a national publication group, and I would work with you know the brands and part of my job was to bring them on for advertising, but then also I got like really immersed in it. I loved it. And I would work with them too on, oh, well, what are we going to, what are we going to be designing and, and creating for your January ad? Okay. Well, springtime, uh, March and April is great for fashion, like spring fashion. How can we unroll this for that? So, uh, all of that was the start, like the main, main nugget of me learning how to story tell and how, how it all made sense, I guess, in the marketing world. How did you get from modern luxury to your own company? All right. Pause and ask questions in between if you want, but it's kind of a mouthful. Um, so when I was at modern luxury, I was really successful. I did great and I loved it. I really did, but it was extremely taxing. Uh, we'd go to work at eight or 9 AM and the day would end at five, five 30. And 
at least three days out of the week, we had events. So I would go straight from work straight to an event. It could be a nightclub event. It could be a car a car type event. It could be a issue release party, whatever it was. But a lot of times they could have been my clients. Even if they weren't my direct client, we had to support the team and we had to go to these events. So um, I had, my son was, when was, how old was he? He was, okay, he was six months old. And I found out I was having twins. <laughs> That's a whole other story. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I said, insert questions wherever you want, but I found out we were having twins. And that's, like I said, that was, that was, I'm so best, best experience hands down of my life, but wild to learn that I was so freaked out. So anyways, had the twins, um, ended up going on bed rest. And after I had them, I just... I, I, I'd always wanted to be a mom, but now having three kids under, he was 14 months old when they were born. Cause they were preemies having three kids under 14 months is insane. Two of which were preemies, three and four pounds. Like, I didn't know what to do. Like, that's crazy. And so Drew, we thought had a pretty stable job and he was a coach at a local university at Kennesaw state university. And he was a, a strength and conditioning coach. And when it was time for me to go back to work after maternity leave, I was like, I just can't do it anymore. I, I, I can't, I need to take a break. There's no way I can be the mom I want to be doing that job. I don't want to leave it because I love it so much, but I need to pause. So I quit. And the day I quit, um, Drew came home and I'll never forget. He walked through the door and he goes, did you already resign? And I said, yeah, I did. And he goes, okay. Um, Cause I just got let go. <laughs> So he, um, they had staffing changes at Kennesaw State University. So it was nothing on his end or control. Um, but when one coach leaves, your whole team kind of goes, that's how the coaching world is. And so I looked at him and I was like, okay, and this was all same day. So I looked at him and I go, okay. And this is the entrepreneur just watching my parents, my whole life, how they are. Um, I was like, all right, um, this is never going to happen to us again. Um, and we had no money. Like, yes, I was doing well, but we had no money still. I don't know if it was a mix of us not being smart with our money, but also we weren't making enough to even save it. Just like, you know, um, so I said, we're not, we're not doing this again. We are going to be in control. If we're going to be broke, it's going to be on our own account, not because somebody let us go or anything like that. So we're going to make you a business. Let's go. Um, you train athletes. Okay, great. We're going to be a mobile athletic performance company. That's unheard of. Nobody does that. That doesn't even make sense. No, we are going to pitch to that athletic performance place or to that tennis academy or that, uh, baseball team or that football team or that high school. We're going to pitch to them. Hey, guess what? We have a model that you're going to love. You don't have to send your kids to a gym. We come to you. We train at your gym. <laughs> we work with your equipment. We do we do speed and agility on your fields. And everyone was like, that's awesome. <laughs> so I'm like, Drew, this is working. <laughs> so um overnight we got him. I, I made I made him a logo. I made him a website. I came up with pricing structures, like all the back-end business stuff. Um and I spent my days cold calling and getting him business. And in doing that, I also, we had a lot of people reaching out to Drew saying, hey, who's doing your marketing? I see you're doing a lot of stuff on social. 
Um, so he would say, oh, Leah's doing it. So I would get business that, th that way. And then I also had a lot of my old modern luxury clients reach out to me and say, hey, I know you're not with the magazine anymore. Are you still in this space? Can you help in any way? So they would hire me contract that way. And I would say after about maybe two years, I took a step back and I was like, oh my God, I'm actually, I think I have a, I think I have a, I'm going to do this. Like I actually have a business. I need to make this serious. So I created Talia and the rest is kind of history. We, um, from the day we launched, I thought I'd have all this time to perfect my logo more, to change my website, make it better. Nope. We've been so lucky that the second I made it at that point, remember we would call things Facebook official. I thought as soon as I made it Facebook official, I'd have like some time and I didn't. It's just been balls to the wall ever since. So. And how long ago was that when you went all in? Six and a half years ago. Has there been any part of you that has said, why did I do this? I shouldn't be doing this. I'm blowing this to smithereens. Or okay, has it we're friends every once a month. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I'm so jealous. Are you once hiring? Once a month. I'm when available. I, you know what? When it is that time and I'm emotional, I'm like, this is too much. Why did I do this? This is so dumb. I shouldn't be. Because <laughs> it's hard. It's not easy when, you know, it's, it's not, but, but I love, I love what I, I love what I do. But one thing that, you know, it, it's really hard. And I think you and I definitely talked about this, the whole the whole um, conversation of, I feel like this, 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 not to sound old, I don't know if it's the generational thing or just the culture we're in now, or the whole narrative that you have to be an entrepreneur to be successful kind of blows my mind because the most successful people I actually know are employed. <laughs> They're, they, they work for somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, so I hate that people are out there thinking that they aren't happy or they aren't seen as successful because they don't own their own business. There's like some weird power there that people think owning your own business means you you've made it in life. And I don't believe that at all, actually. Um, but yeah, it's hard. <laughs> it's definitely not easy. Definitely not easy. I'm curious of your team, and I mean team in two ways. One, your actual employees and your team mm -hmm. within your company, but also your personal support system and who those key players are, um, both, you know, personal relationship and maybe other people that you hire to support you from their zone of genius. What does that look like for you? Um, I, I think I've said this probably... I'm not even joking a hundred times in the last two to three weeks alone, but I am very, I have learned very, very slow to hire fast to fire. Um, and that again, comes from experience of learning, um, how to pick the right people. Um, you really need people that are aligned really well with you. And so for the team that I have, I was extremely selective. Every single person on my team, um, I've lost business because I waited for them. If I didn't have the right person and I couldn't take on the business, you know? Um, so who I have now, I'm so proud to have them. And it's, you know, Talia is my baby. Yes. But I want them to feel in, you know, interest in the company too. Like this is just as much theirs as it is, as it is mine, because I want them to be proud to work for our company. Um, so having them on board and having them 
passionate about it is very helpful, but they're just incredible. They're just an incredible team. Um, and then as far as outside, you know, I really didn't have much help when I started the agency. There were a lot of questions, a lot. And I think the first couple years was very difficult. Um, I didn't know, I didn't have a soundboard. I didn't know anybody in this space at all. And the back end of this business was really difficult. So, um, I think as I've grown, I figured all that stuff out on my own, which, you know, there's silver, you know, silver lining there, but especially now, almost every decision I make, I cross-reference it with somebody who I know that can help with really great advice. Cause I know I don't know everything. Um, nor do I want to, but I lean on people that are smarter than me in that space. And just really, I mean, you're one, you're somebody, right? Like you, I've so admired the second we sat down, what, three years ago, however long it's been two years, three, however long it's been. Um, the second we sat down, I think we sat down for like a 30 minute meeting and it was like two hours, <laughs> at we least two just, hours, at least like we had so much fun. Um, like you're somebody that I trust, you know, I'm not going to go and ask somebody. How about this? If you need marketing advice, don't go and ask an attorney. Okay. If I need branding advice, I'm going to go to people on my team and my peers that know branding. I'm not going to, I love my grandmother with all my heart. I'm not going to ask her her opinion on my logo. You know, so I make sure to ask people and lean on people that are experts in their space and then really trust them, but then also trust my gut. Has there been a time where you didn't trust your gut? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I've gotten burned. <laughs> yeah. Or, or. I, I've really learned how to not push. What do they say? Like a, a square into a circle space. I've learned to not do that. I have gotten, I have watched six figure deals not come through and I'd be so upset. I'm like, oh my God, that could have like changed our lives. Like that would have been amazing. And then looking back, it, it's, it's so true. You hear people say it all the time. And I feel like if you haven't really experienced it or you're not there yet in life, you hear people say it and you're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Sure. Whatever. It's whatever. But if you really experience watching something you thought was so great, leave, and then almost immediately that space is filled with something 10 times better that you never, ever thought would ever be for you, it's really easy to trust your gut in that sense. Like when things aren't working out, when I'm getting a lot of resistance, as big of a deal as it might be, or as, as hard as it might be, even on my heart to, to not go a certain way, I have to trust my gut big time. It's, it's Gina, my marketing director will tell you my gut is not, a, it, it's, it's <laughs> more facial expressions. It is sickly on point. So I've really learned to, to trust it. Do you have a mentor or a team of mentors? Not officially, not formally. I really just, I think I've just cultivated a group of incredible, powerful, mostly women that I really trust. So they're not like, I don't have a formal mentor that I lean on, but again, I, I pick the spaces when appropriate, or even, even my dad, my dad is a genius. He's like the movie, Be a beautiful mind. That's my dad. So I lean on him for everything. Um, 
and my mom too. My mom's like a little, we call her a snowflake because she's just like, ah, life's perfect and great. Um, but she has great sound advice. So my mentors are my close friends and family that I, I trust when I'm asking them particular advice. Let's get into a little bit of the nitty gritty of marketing mm-hmm. and ask you some maybe general concepts that folks who are listening could perhaps apply to their respective businesses or work environments. How do you get clients? Everybody's different. I mean, are you asking me specifically or in general? More like what would your advice be to someone based on what you've learned, how to get clients and then how do you maintain them? Um, Actually, I think, I think regardless of the industry, the majority of what I'm about to say goes to, I really can't think of one industry right now that's not going to match my answer, but how do you get clients? To me, it's all relationships, period. I don't care if it's an organic campaign, if it's an in-person campaign, like campaign, but in-person relationship, or even if you're just trying to build a raw, totally cold relationship with your ads, with your audience, you're still relationship building. You're introducing them to your brand. You're doing that brand story. You're telling everybody about you. Um, And I think people kind of lose, not lose sight of how to build those relationships, but sometimes they focus on like the wrong things in marketing and not focus on the quality. Like they think quantity over quality, or they think, oh, if I put out so many Instagram reels or whatever, then I'll be seen. And it's like, no, maybe just focus on the little bit that you have and really nurture that and watch that grow instead of just like casting out this big wide net or putting out poor quality content to get leads or, you know, but, but I've also seen businesses, number one, it relationships, but on the flip side, you do have to get specific. How do you build those relationships and what funnels and ways I've even seen people still cold calling, have it work great. I, it just depends on the brand. It depends on how you want to present yourself, how your brand walks, how it talks, your brand has a personality. So, you know, you've got to figure out how it's going to sell the best for you. I don't know if that's a really good answer, but it's kind of what comes to mind. The term networking has such a forced connotation. It's terrible. I hate it. I can't stand it. You tell me marketing. I don't even know what you're going to ask me. I don't even want to talk about it. I hate marketing. If you tell me to go to a networking event, a networking event, I'll be like, yeah, no, thank you. Because all people are doing is they're sitting there wanting, they're waiting for you to finish talking so they can tell you what they do. So then they can give you their business card and they can sell you. They really don't care what you do. They just care. Do you need them? Can I sell you there? Like I, I, again, it's back to the relationships. How long have I known you? I've known you for a year, a few years now, and we're working together now. But if I kept shoving my business card in your face, Or if you kept shoving your jewelry in my face, I'd be like, I know what you do. I will buy your jewelry when I want. And look, I wear it all day, every day, (laughs) literally every day, you know, and you know what I do. So you came around when it was time. And same. And I think the beautiful thing about our relationship, which I think that there's a case study here. I think that this is something that needs to be shared with the masses is that I wasn't an my, my quote unquote courting of you as a client slash as a marketing agency wasn't even intentional. It was, let me get to know this person. And then 
very quickly, it was like, oh, you gifted me a video as a gift, as a, from a friend, you were like, here, I'm going to, this is my gift to you for opening your store. And I know in the past, like, this is my gift to you for your support of my jewelry brand. And it wasn't like, I'm going to give her this. So then she's going to do this. And then she's going to do this. I'm not even sure if that was yeah. the intention behind it on no. either end. It just no. beautifully enveloped. So yeah. if you love on people and are authentic and generous with sharing things of value from yourself that other people also value that could lead to a beautiful business partnership. So taking this conversation completely full circle, when you said my inner child and, and trusting my intuition and all that stuff, it really is. I don't, I'm, I'm trying so hard not to sound like a hateful person. Cause I really like, I, I, I don't think there's anybody that I hate. I really don't, but not everybody is for y- you. And I'm very selective who I let really into my life. And you are somebody that the second we met, I was like, I, you are a good soul. Like you're a good soul. I was paying attention to the stories you were telling. You're not like, you're just so genuine. And, and so like a lot of the stories were also like things that you do in the community. And I'm like, this chick is really awesome. Like I, I really, I fed off your energy massively. And so me and, and you have been a great friend to me. And so when your, your store opening came around, I'm like, it, it, it goes back to, if you, how do I say it? I, I don't do things to get something in return. I genuinely do it because I want to. And I do have the pleasure of being able to pick and choose what things I kind of throw in for friends or whatever. And I was that that storefront you're opening is or that you've opened is such a I understand how big of a deal that is. And that's huge. And I want my team around me, my friends, my family, I want them to rally. Like I want to get hyped. I want my friends to hype me up and like help me on my highs, get even higher. And like, I get that, but I love doing that for my friends. And it's a very select few of people that I have, I save that energy for. And I don't, I don't know if that sounds really bad. I might watch that back and be like, Leah, you sound horrible. (laughs) But really and truly, you are somebody who I save that energy for because I know it is so appreciated and it's so genuine. So when I did it, I'm like, yes, I get to do something for Marin. I can't wait. And I knew we would nail it. Like, I love the video we did personally. I think it's so, so you. Um, So yeah, but I, I think it's great where it's, it's kind of that whole relationship thing. Like we have a genuine relationship. So when you need something, I got you. And when I need something, you got me and it kind of fit perfect, but it was awful. So the only reason I did that video for you was because I vibe with you and I, you're, I just know you're a great, genuine human. And at the time there wasn't need for expansion. I mean, this is like, you guys, this is a week and a half ago. There wasn't need for expansion internally within Marin Costello Jewelry to need more bandwidth and other marketing services. And alas, a week and a half later, Leah and I have been on the phone probably every day for the past few days, planning at least two shoots. shoots. Yeah. Well, two, two shoots, shoots that are happening week. this week. Yeah. This week yeah. we have two shoots, but um, it just all came full circle and happened so fast and was just such a beautiful mix of us loving on each other and also being able to support each other personally and professionally. And honestly, you gifted me that beautiful video for my store opening and I gifted you jewelry for your birthday because we both uh, genuinely you appreciate- gave me the whole store. <laughs> I was on my way home and I'm like, 
oh my God, Drew, this is a lot. I can't accept this. I'm giving it back to her. This is so much. It was, but it's, I don't know. Like, that's just the fun. There's so many ways you can support somebody. And I'm just, I'm, I'm learning acts, my acts of love or what it, my words of, what is it? The, the, um, oh, love my love language. language. Yes. My love languages. I think I hit all of them. Gifts are not up there, but it's more of like the act of you even considering to do anything sweet and kind for me. I'm like, I'll take it. She like, that's so sweet, you know? So I, um, I don't know. I just value, I value like genuine friendships like that. And it makes it again, not that you want to give to get, that is so not it, but when you give, it makes that person or it should make that person just want to do something in return not for nothing. It's like when I work out, I just want salad. (laughs) I don't really want fried chicken. I just don't. I just, I genuinely crave salad when I work out. (laughs) So It's kind of this, like when someone's nice to you, you want to be nice back. It's not even girl math. It's real math. It's real math. Real math. We are not bound by gender with this type of math. No. How frequently do you, as a mom, as a friend, as a business owner, how often do you feel that you reinvent yourself? Um, honest answer, not enough. I want, I want to do it more as a mom. I'm actually going through it right now as a mom, kind of for the first time, like there's a transition obviously between newborn and infant and toddler. And you, you celebrate when they're out of that toddler phase, but I'm going through a phase now with my kids where we are entering preteen. So I'm, I'm, I'm having to move into a totally different motherly role that I am not okay with. (laughs) It's very hard to navigate through, but I'm figuring it out again. I lean on my friend Danette for that. Danette has four boys she's, she's seasoned in this. So I am calling her and texting her all the time. Like, Danette, what do I do? (laughs) And she's helping me a ton. So it's back to getting the advice from people that you really, um, respect in, in that space. Um, but personally, I struggled with that exact question a lot last year. And at the end of the year, I was like, what did I show for myself last year? Like, what did I do? It was the first year I was actually really mad at myself. I didn't grow Financially, we did better for Talia, which is fabulous, but I didn't care about that. It was, how did I grow as a person and challenge myself? And I felt like I didn't, and it really I, made me irate. So this year I'm like, no, 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 we're not doing that again. <laughs> so this year we've done a lot of stuff, but I, I think to change, just kind of morph and grow. Um, how is, what did you, how did you originally phrase it? I don't even remember. Well, however listening. it was, I, I, I wanted, I, I, I want to, I, I'm, I'm great with change. I'm great with change. And when I see it not happening, cause change is growth to me and, and it's new, exciting experiences. Like if I'm doing the same thing today and I'm doing it in two years from now, or even in six months, like, I don't want that. I want to always like add new, be different, change roles. I think I've morphed from the beginning of the question, but you get my drift. Have you always had that relationship with change of embracing it? Um, I've never been scared of it. 
because mm-hmm. now I lean into it. But when my parents redid the furniture in our living room when I was <laughs> a kid, I had a complete meltdown. Actually, no, I this is why I don't have tattoos because I do like change. Okay. <laughs> I would love tattoos. I would probably have my whole body tatted up, but I'm not getting it because I'd get one and I'd be like, oh but I want to tweak this now. And I want to change this now and do something else. And if you speak of furniture, when I was younger, I would go and rearrange my entire bedroom weekly. I don't know why my mom even like now I'm such an OCD perfectionist. If my kids even moved anything, I'm like, no, that's not how I like it. Don't do that. I probably need to change that. (laughs) But I've, I've always liked to change. I get bored very, very, very easily, very easily. So change is exciting. It keeps it new, you know? What is your relationship with patience? I actually, I feel like I'm a patient person. I'm looking at Gina. I feel like I'm a patient person. I think I'm, I, maybe I'm the wrong person to ask. I don't think that's fair to ask me. Well, less, are you patient? What is your relationship with patience? Like, do you, I like it. Yeah, I like it. I don't think that anything great happens overnight. I'm, I can be very patient. Like I can, I've waited for business wise. I've waited for two and a half years for a incredible deal to come through. And it was worth every penny of the weight or every second of the weight. Um, personally, I think personally in my personal life, patience is not my, my thing. Um, I don't, I'm scared of the, what I don't like is the unknown. I can't handle the unknown. As somebody who is a fixer, you give me something, I'm like, got it. I will fix that problem. But if you give me a a maybe problem where I don't know what direction it's going in or something that doesn't have a fix, that kind of patience I don't have. I get I that's where I get really stressed out. But um overall, I I I I think patience is a really good thing. What are you excited about in life? I feel like I'm going into a completely new chapter that I've never been in, in my life for the first time. Like, I think as an adult, knowing what's to come, whether it be with my kids business, we are about to launch something really, really cool to, we're doing a rebrand of Talia. We are doing, so we have so many new things and new team members and yeah, I'm, 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 I'm excited for all of the really cool, good change. I'm, I'm really excited about it and, and who it's going to push me to be. Where can we find you and how can we support you? You can't find us on our website yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's in development. Because <laughs> we, I mean, you can find us. It's taliaagency.com. Um, our Instagram has cobwebs on it. We're the cobbler with no shoes. Um, to, again, Talia Agency. Um, I'm active on my personal social, but it's just, it's purely personal and just, I have fun with it because I think I do everybody else's social media. So with mine, I kind of put little to no effort, but I have fun with it. You know, like, um, I have fun with it. I love creating. So I use my space, even if it's a little bit as a creative outlet for sure. Um, but yeah, but we are, you can find us online. It's just, we are doing a complete brand overhaul, which I'm very excited about. Is there a particular time frame when the launch is happening? Uh, by the new year. 
months. So we're starting her new year very fresh. I'm so excited for you. Me too. Me too. Me too. I am. I'm pumped. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you. I hope I made you look good. <laughs> no, this is the best. But it's so funny because when we have guests more often than not, people go, was that okay? And I, you know, the answer is always yes. Like you're supposed to be here and talk about you and all the stuff and things and everything that makes sense and everything that doesn't. That's the beauty of this podcast. So everything was perfect. You're perfect. I'm so I'm excited. I'm excited to to watch back and have you ask me a question and me finish it, not even either answering it or finishing it completely somewhere else. <laughs> and I will say that your answer is the perfect answer for all of the questions. You're like, what did I, what did you ask me? I'm like, I don't even know. I don't even care. I just love where we're at right now. I have the gift of gab. So you asked for it. <laughs> well, good thing that, that uh, we're partnering starting this week, because that is a requirement to be on the Marigold Jewelry team and yeah. collaborators. Yeah. Next time we'll, we'll have this with tequila. Oh, sold. Yeah. Sold. But I will say sold. I will say that every conversation that you and I have feels like a podcast because I feel like we, (laughs) we solve all of life's problems every time we do. We do. We go really, I, we have our friends, uh, we have our friends that are there for like a good time. Then we have our friends who are like, let's talk about let's just like get deep into life. Like really what's the meaning of X, Y, and Z? <laughs> like you're one of those. <laughs> and I feel like you're we actually do both. We do both. We do. I think they're very productive and they should be broadcast. <laughs> let's talk about this off camera, but maybe there's something here. There's something to this. No, it's, it's great. I appreciate you. And I, and, and not for nothing, the platform that you've I've, I've listened to, and I don't even know if you guys are recording anymore. It doesn't matter, but like, I've listened to your podcast before. I don't even know if you know that I've listened to them, but I've listened to them. I've listened to your branding experts and your, your, is it chakra or your just, I've, I've listened to people that you've had on the in or outside of my space. And you definitely have a way of just having such a fluid, easy conversation and giving that person a platform. It's, not even about you. Like you, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, you're, you're a great host. You're a great host. Thanks. Well, it's easy when your guests are as cool as Lita, Leah Beatty. And I'm so happy that I learned how to finally pronounce your last name. What a horrible friend. No, no. (laughs) I, I still tell Drew, let's just, just, just swap the name. Let's just swap it out. He's not about it though. funny well I love you and I'm so excited to see you multiple times this week and to launch your podcast on my show this week as well it's a big week (laughs) for us I know I'm excited this is is the beginning of a beautiful new beginning this is the Marin and Leah week 100% yeah well I love you and thank you you for everything yeah thank you so much you guys, that interview was everything. A huge thank you to Leah for coming on the show. Another big thank you to our hosts at Dash Radio and producers at Island City Media. If you like this episode, you can listen to it again and again on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please leave a review so we can continue bringing you the people and conversations that you love, just like Leah. Lastly, if you want to connect with me offline, you can find me at MarinCostello.com and MarinCostelloRadio on Instagram. Have the best day, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next week with another incredible guest on Marin Costello Radio. Yeah.